today, today we're going to speak about Kitniot, specifically on Pesach. Okay? The Gemara... You know any Kitniot jokes? No? Okay. I know that a bean joke. Okay. Psachim Lamed Heyam and Aleph. The Gemara Psachim Lamed Heyam and Aleph quotes in Machokas the Torah Rabbi Yochan ben Nuri who held that Orez min Daganhu that rice is a type of Dagan meaning rice is chametz according to Rabbi Yochan ben Nuri and the Chachamim in the Mishnah it's a mashma that only the five minei dagim, dagon, dagon on, are, are considered uh, the chametz, <coughs> therefore excluding anything else, excluding you know rice and beans and all kinds of other things. The Gemara explains, orez rak bali de sirachon, that any type of a dough made with flour from rice flour only comes to the, what the Gemara describes as sirachon. And... Sirachon means, you know, to tra- translate, I guess the best thing to, way to translate it is rotting, but it's not, it's, it's basically not considered rising uh, the way a normal dough would rise. The Rambam Hilchos Chometsu Matzah, Perak Hei Halacha Aleph, states the following. Ein asu, ein, ein isuch, uh, sorry, ein asu Okay, the Rambam says the only Yisr are the species of wheat, only. and the three types of, uh, of barley, And by the way, there is an interesting conversation about Shibolet Shu'al, which everybody assumes is oats, um, and it's not that simple. But the traditional halacha and traditional understanding, translation of the word Shibolet Shu'al, is oats. And if that would be the, the uh, case, if I take it literally, shiwachol means oats, there would be no problem uh, of using oat matzah on Pesach, and there are a lot of celiacs, people that cannot uh, digest or have, pro- have issues with, with gluten, that use, um, that use oat matzah. There are a minority view that say that you should be careful about using oat matzah, that it might not be con- what we call oats today, might not be what Chazal meant when they said she bought shual. I'll, I'll get to exactly why later. Aval hakitniot, the Rambam continues and says, kegon, and he gives examples of a kitniot, orez, rice, dochan, vepulin, spelt, and, and beans, viadashim, and lentils, vichyotzebehem, ein behem mishum chametz, ela afilu lash kemach, orez, if, even if you needed a dough made out of Rice flour, the rotchim in hot water, the kama, the kisobi, the gadim, nitpach, kemo batseik. He's giving you a, a method, method of getting it to rise. You, you, you use hot water and you cover it with, with cloth, I guess, to, to get the, the fermentation going, and it does ferment. In other words, the yeast is there partying inside the dough, um, and it looks like a dough. This is not halachically considered chimutz, but rather this is called sirachon. And the question can be asked, if it looks like chametz, and tastes like chametz, right, and rises like chametz, why shouldn't it be chametz? I'm sure some of you that might have, you know, bought the, the more modern, you know, chametz buns, 
Uh, you could buy in a bakery, right? A kosher Pesach bakery, th- something that looks like bread and tastes like bread, right? Have, have you any anybody eaten that type of thing? Potato Yeah. They don't not taste like bread. Okay. Well, they will. So one day they will. It looks. It looks. They look like bread. I'm telling you, one day we'll get to when they even taste like bread. The Rambam says that that is not chametz, and that's um, that's considered sirachon. Uh, um, so why is it sirachon? In other words, if it ferments the same, so why call that rotting? Isn't fermentation a form of sirachon in a way? Right? You, know, you have a microorganism taking over the uh, the substance and and, and, and you know and, and, and bubbling, etc. So the answer is that all, whenever you have the presence of any type of a carbohydrate, sugar, and you introduce um, yeast, which is a type of simple, I guess, plant, um, this yeast starts to reproduce, and reproduction produces more yeast cells, and it produces carbon dioxide, and it, and it produces alcohol, usually. Okay? And this carbon dioxide, the bubbling... And, and again, it lives on the sugars, right? And, and, and the bubbling um, are, is caught by the dough. In other words, the dough is like this gluey, elastic type of uh, you know, mass. And little bubbles get caught by the dough. And that's what causes the dough to rise. That causes the fluffiness, the aeration of, of the dough. And that's how we have bread. And that's what makes bread, you know, fluffy, etc. Um... And so, so what happens with rice? What happens with kitniot? Why is it not chametz? So Chazal called it sirochon, and chemically there is a difference. And I've heard Shurim on the topic, and they say that it's not a chemical issue, it's just the fact that Chazal were koveya, that this is where chametz is, and, that, and, that, and this isn't chametz. And there are others that argue. But anyway, chemically there's a difference. The difference is gluten. Gluten is a type of protein, that has a glue-like property. That's why it's called, I guess, gluten, right? And th- that's why it, 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 it catches the, the air pockets, or the, not actually the air pockets, the carbon dioxide bubbles given off by, by the yeast, and that's why it's fluffier. Masha'enkin rice doesn't have, it has almost no gluten in it, and doesn't have the same property, so that the air bubbles usually very easily will pass through and not, not necessarily get caught. Now, Obviously, there are ways of doing it such that you could get a similar type of uh, uh, of dough, but you don't have it's, it's without gluten, and that's by the way another reason why people raise a suffix where the oats, what we call uh, what we call shibolachua today, is indeed uh, a type of chametz, or is it not a type of chametz? I'm not advocating eating oats on on Pesach, but I think a person should think twice if he doesn't need to. If there's no medicinal need. Of not, not to be yotze with oat matzah. Like if you're at a, at a seder where there's someone who's a celiac and he needs oat matzah uh, to be yotze the mitzvah, I would not replace that oat matzah with, with what, you know, regular matzah for my matzah's mitzvah. Yes? Uh, as far as uh, the bracha on shibol shibol, if you're eating a cereal or something that has shibol shibol, do you have to make this enough? Yes. Yes, time. yes. Uh, for all practical purposes, I would say in all halacha, oh, um, what we call oats, I would say, we assume that's shiva or shual, if it's oats, and, and then they... I'm just saying there are many, there are some people that raise both... both. Uh, rice is... Yeah, sure like Professor Felix discusses it, a lot of people discuss it, and they, and they just question whether it's true, it's properly identified. So would you say amnesty on it? Is that, would that be a question as well? 
I would not. In other words, halachically, practically, almost with everything, I would go with it as, as it being one of the chamesh mina dagan in all in all aspects. Just when it comes to the right of of, of matzah, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't be uh, unless there's a medicinal read, need. And I was a b'shasat chak. You really need that. That's the only thing you could eat. And of course, you should eat that. But if it's not the only thing you should eat, then I, I would tell you eat regular matzah. Yeah, I mean shmur matzah. Yeah. Shahako. Shahako, absolutely. Potato bread is shahako. No questions. Cornbread is shahako unless it has some wheat wheat flour, which sometimes is the case, mixed into it. But if it's pure cornbread, that's also shahako, even though it looks like bread and tastes like bread. All right. When it has gluten, there's less or more Less, no? no, gluten means it has, it's a gluey type of thing, and it catches the bubbles better, and therefore the bread rises better. That's just, I think, the best explanation why Chazal called it sirachon when you were referring to, to ores. Okay, now, now we get to the main part of the shear, which is the minhog. The minhag that developed after the time of the Gemara. Because clearly, in the times of the Gemara, the Gemara Paskin, not like Rabbi Yochan Ben-Nuri, Paskin that rice and all its that type of category is, is, is mutter to eat on Pesach. Now, the earliest uh, record that I know of, personally, of, of Kitniot, is from the Sefer Manhigim, who lived around uh, the year 1100, the Minyanam, 1100, he mentions the minog. The Sefer Mitzvah Katan, or the Smak, as his friends called him for short, uh, the Rimi Kubil, lived around 1,200. Um, he quotes a minog of not eating certain beans, and he asks why. In other words, he starts to research, where did this come from, this minog of, of Kitniot? And it's clear, by the way, and it's really worthwhile if you really want to be a a kitniot um, conversationalist. It's really worthwhile to read this tshuva of the uh, of the smak, uh, because if you read the tshuva of the smak, you will see that he didn't know why they started this minhag. He theorized what could the reason be behind the minhag. In other words, there was a minhag that existed, and then he's trying to figure out why why it exists. And he gives three theories. One is that these these kitniot things. You could make chulant out of them, or a maisa kadeira. The Gemara calls it a maisa kadeira, but it's basically what we would call chulant. And therefore, there's a chash that if you can make a maisa kadeira out of them, maybe people will switch by mistake wheat and barley and other things. It's like the yeshiva chulant, talking about brachos. You know, many times I catch myself, right, almost before it's too late, you know, chulant, you normally make a mazona song. But the, our yeshiva chulant, because we already for over five years have been sensitive to you know, people who have a problem with gluten, so our yeshiva chulam doesn't have any gluten in it, it doesn't have any uh, barley or wheat in it, and our yeshiva chulam is an adama. Okay? But in any case, um, that's one reason he gives. Another reason he gives is that uh, these far, the, these, this kidney out, when it's made into a flour, some people make it into a pot, into a bread. Again, like cornbread, rice bread, whatever. And therefore... Reason one was because you make it into cholent, maisa kadera. Another reason is made into a pot. And the third reason is it's midgan. Midgan comes from the word dagan. It means that it's stored as grain. Not all produce could be stored as, gra- stored as grain, like potatoes, as an example. Right? Carrots won't work. 
But as grain what? Cholin bread. Cholin's first reason bread, second reason. Reason the third one is it's stored as grain. You don't have to. You dry it. And you store it for, for as long as you want. And because it's midgan, so the chashash again is that maybe it'll be switched with or mixed with other things that are midgan, meaning wheat or barley, and you're going to end up eating chametz on Pesach. Okay? You know, rice and corn and all these things are midgan. Beans, etc. They're dried, and then they're stored in, you know, in bins for, for long, long times. Those are the reasons that the smak gives, but again, I repeat... It's after the fact. He's, he's, trying to cuff, he's trying to figure out why, you know, what's special about these things that over some choshech. We're not choshech for anything else, right? There are other achronim, and this might could be classified as a rishon, but there are other achronim a little bit later um, that say another reason, and that is that it pops up in the fields. Um, in other words, in the fields that we grow rice or we grow beans, Sometimes wheat will be growing in, in the field, mixed in the field. And because you're not talking about a large object like a turnip or a carrot, you're talking about teeny tiny seeds, so when it comes to harvesting time, it's harvest, harvested together. So if you have like a, a field of rice or a field of beans, you'll harvest it all, even if a certain percent sometimes are, is wheat. And again, you get into a situation of perhaps eating uh, chametz on face. Okay. Um, Rabbi Yechilmi Paris, one of the Bali Tosfot, often quoted by, by the Rosh and, and, and Tosfot, inside Tosfot itself, he was actually the Rav of the Smak in Sefer Misar Katan. He's the Rav of the Rimi Kubil. Okay, He actually writes that he ate white beans, but didn't eat rice. So you have an interesting testimony of, of a Rishon, one of the Bali Tosfot, that already when there was no hay this kitniot, but not only a partial minute of kitniot. Okay? Notice he wouldn't eat rice, but he ate uh, white beans. And the Orzorua, which is a, an anthology of, uh, towards the end of the period of the, of the Bali Tosvot, um, he says that the whole thing of kitniot is a minute ta'ut. Who says this? Orzorua, one of the Bali Tosvot. Notice he's reflecting back in the period of the Bali Tosvot, he was aware that some of the Bali Tosa, you know, some of the Bali Tosa stayed away from Kitniot. And he says it's a minute tov. Okay, the Shulchan Aruch is not choshesh at all for the din of Kitniot. And generally that's the pattern that the Svardi Mishonim um, that weren't choshesh for Kitniot, while some of the Ashkenazi were, and some of the Ashkenazi weren't. And the Ramah basically gives the, the Psach, and the quote is, Anlu b'neha Ashkenazim na'agulah Okay, Nagul Achmir, we're Machmir when it comes to Kitniot. Who says that? This is a quote from the Ramah. Anu Bnei HaAshkenazim, Nagul Achmir. And the big question I'm going to discuss, number one, is what is defined as Kitniot? And after that, what are the actual halachot of Kitniot? So first the definition of Kitniot, which I think is, a, is fascinating in and of itself. Okay, um, we saw the smak. Okay, and there are two directions I could say when it comes to when it comes to defining kitniot in the poskim. Okay, I'm talking about achronim. And one is that you take the examples that the smak gave. You remember the smak said it could be used for bread, it could be used in chowent, and 
Um, what was the third thing? That it's stored as grain. And we also saw another reason, but given that it sometimes pops up in you the field. No. No, you see, that's the point. You know, there's the smack just says, what is the reason? And he comes and he comes up with three, three or four theories as to what the reason is. He's not giving a rule book. The Right, but, but that, that obviously uh, has to be three qualities. No. Because, because he, if he's no, out, no, 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 no. Anyways, um, so one direction of the Achronim is that if, A, there's a, a minog to be mach, to be, to be osa. In other words, if there's a clear minog not to eat rice, as an example of specific rice, then rice is kitmiot. Okay? Plus, if one, if one of the reasons of the smach are true as well. There should be a, a, a minute, or okay, one of the reasons of the smart uh, apply. Okay, but it has to be both. Both those things. Well, you know, there's a minute, and, and 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 one of the reasons of, of, of the of the smart apply. Okay, then you mark me. So, as an example, Rav Tzvi Pesach Frank. Okay, it was a Rav or a Rashi in Yerushalayim. He's, he's Rav Amitals at Sal's Rebbe. He wrote a sefer called Mikre Kodesh, and he deals with an issue of peanuts. Now, just as an aside, I have to mention to you, I love peanuts. Who loves peanuts? There you go. Okay, I love peanuts, and um, so so peanuts is a source. Of, it could be a source of oil, and there was a point of time where in America it was it was like the best source of oil for Pesach. And therefore, peanut oil specifically was, was an issue. Many are talking about over 50 years ago. So it's, and, and for Israel as well. So Tzvi Pesach Frank says when it comes to peanuts, um, he goes through every reason that's brought down as far as, as kidney is concerned and proves that there's no chash that a peanut could be kidney. And therefore, he said, I'm ready to be, to be, to, to, to be make you when it comes to peanuts on Pesach. Okay? And he says, Becholzot, Ein anu nohagim lachlam bepesach. Well, if he chickens out the very last line of his, of his tshuva, it's Becholzot. And I was saying, logically, you shouldn't, but Becholzot. Rav Moshe Feinstein's atzal, if you're interested in looking it up, it's in the Igros Moshe Orchaim, Chel Gimel, Simon Samach Gimel. He is Kovea Klau. Okay, and my personal opinion, not Chasvashal, not that Ramosha Feinstein needs my, um, you know, Haskama, but I think if you, anybody look into the smak, they'll see that his reading of the, smak, of the smak is correct. And he says that the reasons given by the smak are just reasons why they were noheg a certain way. But they're not rules of putting in place a kidney. No, so what Moshe is saying is not everything that could be stored as grain, and peanuts can't be stored as grain, are necessarily kidney oil. That's what Moshe is saying. Okay? And therefore, Moshe says, in order for something to be considered classified as kidney oil, you have to have a Masora from earlier on that this was not eaten by Ashkenazim, and this is, is kidney oil. In other words, what Moshe is saying is you don't look at the smak and come up with a, look at a svaris that he gave for kidney and say that anything that falls under that svara becomes osir. 
Then you'd be able to really broaden your umbrella, your net of including a lot of stuff as being osumidim kitnio. Because anything that matches up with any of the reasons that the smak brings should be considered kitnio. And Ramosha says, wrong. That wasn't what the smak was doing. The smak was just theorizing why there was such a meaning. He wasn't giving a rule or a, def- or a definition or a description of kitnio. So not everything that's stored as grain is necessarily kitnio, says Ramosha. Not everything that you can make a chulant out of should be considered kitnio. <coughs> not everything you can make bread out of would be considered kitnio. Because then, it, you know, well, otherwise you might come to a, a, a conclusion that potatoes are kitnio. Because lo and behold, you can make it into a flour, and you can make it into a yummy, or not yummy, but a bread-like bun that just looks, looks just like bread. And that was one of the reasons that the smak gave. So then potatoes should be indeed kitniot. And indeed, the chayadam, how many of you are familiar with the chayadam? Anybody who didn't raise their hand should, should be, be, be in shame. Okay? The chayadam is a very, very important sefer. The chayadam, my father, Allah Shalom, when they learned halacha, like, like nowadays people learn from the Mishabura, in Europe, before World War II, that was the leading halacha sefer, it was a chayadam. That and the Kitzur Shulchan but the chayadam. Anyway, the chayadam um, basically said that potatoes should be kidney and he, and he wanted to, to, to make potatoes also. Okay? Because of that reason. A, I forgot who it was. There was one of the gedolim of, of of, in his time, the chayadam, wrote to him that you can't ask for potatoes because potatoes are basically the chayadam of people on Pesach. <laughs> Honest to goodness, he said that. Um, but anyway, the direction the chayadam takes is the, ah, the opposing view of what Moshe was describing, meaning as long as I could find any of the reasons given by the smart, I should make it also. One nafkamina is potatoes, another nafkamina is peanuts. Another nafkamina would be soybeans. Okay? Soybeans, I don't even know, maybe should, someone should wiki soybeans. I'm pretty sure that they weren't used that, that much in the times of the Rishonim. In other words, not very much at all. Okay? Huh? Um, corn. Is it true that corn, our yellow corn, was discovered in America? Quinoa, okay? Corn wasn't, there was no minog of corn in, in, in Europe of not eating corn because corn wasn't around in Europe and neither was soybeans. It would be another nafkamina. Now, Rav Moshe is not coming to tell you you can eat corn on Pesach because there's a clear minog already that Ashkenazim have not to eat corn. There's a clear minog not to eat corn. Um, but soy is, a, is an interesting, it's an interesting, you know, issue, but soy also. There's a clear minog not to eat soy. And therefore, even according to Rav Moshe, you shouldn't be eating soy. And what Rav Moshe was trying to do was wage the war, or the frontier should be on the peanuts. Don't, don't let peanuts become um, a minog of isokitmia. And I took this truth of Rav Moshe very, very much to heart. And when I made Aliyah, my first year of Pesach, when I was shopping in the store, I saw a bag of peanuts in the shell that had a good hechshah on a kachla Pesach, which you can't find in America, because in America, people don't eat peanuts on, on, on Pesach, so no one's going to give a hash of kashla Pesach, because no one's going to buy it. Um, what, what does kashla Pesach mean? Kosher for Passover. Yeah, I mean, the, the oven that, that, that it's roasted in, is it, it, hummus wasn't used in that oven. Okay, 
Um, so I found the package and I said to myself, I'm starting a household. I'm going to buy these peanuts and I'm going to be make sure that, the, that in my household this minhag of, 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 of kidney doesn't encroach on my, my eating, eating peanuts. And I bought them, I brought them home, and I remember very, very clearly the day after the uh, Seder, I sat down with a Sefer, and I, I, I had a large bowl of, of peanuts in the shell, and I was kind of excited to get started. And I cracked open my first peanut, and I was ready to make a bracha, and I just couldn't bring myself to do it. So all of my hands, like, froze. I couldn't bring myself to actually eat the peanut. This is, I'm, I'm not stretching the truth. This is exactly what happened. I just couldn't, I, I was just, I was too fearful of the minhag. And I put them away, ashamed of my lack of courage. And that was that. Next year. Two years later, <laughs> two years later, I asked my father, Rabbi Shalom, does he remember in Europe whether they ate peanuts or not? And he said, don't ask me, ask my sister. She has a much better memory for these things. And I called up my aunt, and I asked her, and she says, oh, I remember very clearly. I love peanuts. A few things that I love as much as peanuts, she said. I must have had it gotten her genes. And she said, my father was adamant we don't eat peanuts on, on, on Pesach. <laughs> okay? So I, in other words, it was like mina shemaim, like behemtam shal tzadikim. It was mina shemaim that I didn't eat those peanuts two years earlier. Because indeed my family did have such a minhag of nani, but Rabbi Moshe Feinstein said that if you don't have a minhag, if you personally, your family doesn't have a minhag, then you can eat peanuts. That's how he passed him. Yes? So in Toronto, like... Meaning a minhag not to. You don't have to have a minhag to eat it, as long as, as long as you don't have a minhag not to eat it. So in Toronto, like a hundred years ago, they all ate peanut oil like No, one... As in, as in, since then, the Toronto community has had a minhag to eat peanut oil. Yeah. Um, uh, so okay. I, like, we don't and and New York also. A lot right. of your parents, uh, the, my grandparents could remember that they used peanut oil on, right. no. on Pesach. So, that would be enough to say that your minhag is not, is, is, is to, is that you could eat peanuts on Pesach. But we don't, we don't, we don't necessarily eat peanuts, we just eat peanut oil. Yes, yeah, so I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to the difference between... There is a logical difference between peanuts and peanut oil, which I'll get to in a moment. Yes? Would the peanuts extend so far as like eating bamba on pizza? Or that's, this is only the peanuts that... Bamba is made of peanuts. Maybe it's only if you actually crack them open and you're the one... No, 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 no. But I'm going to get to something, something related to what you're saying. Now, another shita is to include seeds or zar'omim, seeds. Okay, and the Taz says the following, anis, that's what he writes, anis, does everyone know what anis is? Anis is a seed that you get the flavor of licorice from. Natural licorice flavor comes from anis. The islander, I'm not sure what he meant by that, islander, with an aleph, islander, tzorech bedika rabah, you have to check through it very carefully. In other words, it's mashma that you're allowed to eat them, but you have to check them that nothing else is mixed in there. Feld kimmel, feld kimmel, okay, muta bepesach, l'fisha'en suratoke dagan. Simply because its shape doesn't look like dagan. This is the Taz speaking. Ramot comments, chardal, he says the minig of uh, not to eat chadal on Pesach. The Ramah, it's a Mufur Ramah. Minig Ashkenaz is not to eat chadal, not to eat mustard on Pesach. Ain't no chlim be Pesach. And he says, Ve'en yodel lama. 
What's the difference between the mustard seed, which is one of the smallest seeds you want to know, and, and, and the anis seed? Why is it we have a minute to eat anis, yet we, we have a minute not to eat chardal? V'nira hatam l'fi shegidu hachardal hu b'sharvitim domel l'gidu hakitniot. Okay, this is the Taz of Swar. It says maybe because chardal comes in a pod. And the seeds, the tiny little round seeds that are lined up in a pod. And everybody knows that beans grow in pods. And beans are kitniot. And because of the similarity, maybe that's why the minog developed not to eat mustard. But the anise seed, which doesn't grow in pods, that maybe that's why. Other, but he's theorizing, he's theorizing as to why the minog developed for this and not for that. The fact is that the minog is not to, uh, not to have mustard on, on Pesach. Okay? Um, interestingly, enough, interestingly enough, the Truman Adeshen, who is considered the last of the Rishonim, according to some, some counts, the Truman Adeshen includes sesame seeds to be kidney Okay? But Ramosha Feinstein is Medai from this Taz. He shows, look, the Taz says, anise seeds we eat, and mustard seeds we have a minagnati. And therefore, the Marmosha says, you see, a raya from the Taz, that just because something is midgan, just because something could be stored as grain, does not automatically make it into kidney out. That's Ramosha's raya. I don't understand. understand. Ramosha says, you see from the Taz, that the Taz says the minig is to eat anise seeds, but the minig is not to eat mustard seeds. Even both of them are stored as grain. And as you dry them, they're seeds. They could last for a long time in, in, in cold storage. So Ramosha says, oh, you see, not everything that's midgun should be usher. And this is the best um, argument for quinoa. Okay? There's clearly no minig against quinoa, because it was only discovered in South America. Right? Um, and so a person can say, oh, you can't eat quinoa because it's stored as grain, it's midgun. So Moshe Feinstein is showing you a right from the fact that it's not true, midgun is not a reason, because, again, the argument of Moshe is that the reasons given by the smart are not enough to just say, oh, it's also because it falls under the one of the reasons of the smart. There has to be a, a, some kind of a minog or a mesorah that that object was considered kidney and we didn't eat. So you could have certain families that will eat rice but won't eat beans, or will eat beans and won't eat rice. Or, you know, <coughs> will eat certain things or won't eat peanuts. Or will eat peanuts. Whatever your, whatever your family minog is, and if you clearly don't have a family minog, then you just follow the minog ashkenaz, but you don't add on things. In other words, something that's, that's listed by the achroni ashkenaz, you should follow. You should be mocked on. But things that are not listed don't necessarily have to be added on. Now, I don't think that this gives you a heter to eat corn. Because it's just it's just completely widespread. I don't know any any Ashkenazi kehilot, other than you know new age people that pop up and decide to do things on their own. But besides that, it's a clear minute of all Ashkenazim not to eat corn. Sorry, bamba is out, popcorn out, any kinds of corn. Eat, okay, is out. Um, but it would be an interesting an interesting you know question. Just a second, another category. Yes, what's your question now? I'm sorry. A car that tells if it looks like uh, it looks like comments, uh, then shouldn't anything that looks like comments? No, 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 no. He just asked, why in the world do we have a minnow not to eat chardal, yet we do eat anise? 
it looks basically it's very similar, and they're both stored. And he, and he came up with a theory, maybe because it, because it grows in pods. I don't like that. No, he's just trying to explain why it developed. You don't have to like it. He, it's a fact. It did develop. It's in the Ramah says, the Ramah is, is the most accepted politic among all Ashkenazim, bar none. He says, Ashkenazim don't eat mustard. So you're not going to eat mustard. Finish. That's, that's what Ramosh is saying, that the rule is, if it's, if it's mentioned clearly, on the minute not to eat it, then you don't eat it. But, but just because it follows a pattern that's mentioned by the smart, that's not a reason to be upset. That's all. Okay? Yes? Do you personally eat quinoa? I personally eat quinoa. On Pesach? On Pesach. <laughs> yes, but, but it has to be checked carefully. More because, you know, because in, in the plants and whatever, you know, you have to, in, in the packaging places, etc., you have to check it through very, very careful. Rav, Rav Gigi told me a number of times that, you know, his family has a Masar of eating rice, that they would spend hours spreading the rice out on table, on a table, and making sure, you know, you have a grain of rice and you have a grain of wheat next to it, you know, you have to be careful. It's similar in size. It's similar in size. And they, they spend a lot of hours going through it before they go in ahead. Right. And, and it's not really right. If you really do it well, it's not worth it. Unless you have like a, you know, a grandmother or a mother who just wants to do it for you because she's so happy to see you eat it. But it takes a lot of checking. Yes. What about, two questions, what happens if you marry Sfard and she does that? Or B, what happens if you eat at Sfard's house and they serve rice? Okay, two very good questions. A little out of order, and you know, not in the order that I gave this year, but I don't mind feeling them because I think they're important, and I don't, I don't want to forget them later. What if you marry a sardia? Not, not a woman who married a woman, who, a woman, an Ashkenazi woman who marries a sardi. Generally, it's another, it's an interesting, interesting share, and if you remind me, maybe I'll give a share on that topic. The general direction is that the woman takes on the minhagim. The house, let's just say that the households minhagim are usually covered by 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 the, the husband. That seems to be the minhag across the board. Why would that be? I'm not going to get into why. I'm just telling it is. Now, I've heard a competent posek quoted. Not from him, but I heard it quoted that in a situation that a Ashkenazi guy married a Svardia girl, that they do have the option. Oh, oh. oh. And the reason why I'm mentioning this is because I am 100% against that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I recognize him as a, as, as a Yerushalayim and a competent posek, and I don't even want to mention his name because I'm not interested in peripherating the the that I don't think I don't think that that's the Minig Yisrael, and when it comes to Minig Yisrael, as I think Kidnot is a very good example, it doesn't necessarily work according to formula. Okay, what seems to be the Minig Yisrael is that the that the that the husband is koveya the, the the nature of the minhagim in the household. It doesn't mean that the woman, by the way, necessarily has to take on his minhagim, but the household follows his minhagim. Okay, and if you go to your in-laws, still. So, that so an Ashkenazi visiting Svardim should not consume any uh, kidney at all. Like oil also? Like rice oil there? So I'm going to get to that. Okay. I'm, I'm going to get to, I'm going to get to on a practical level. On a practical level, I think you could take an, uh, I think you could accept an, an invitation to a Svardim's house and you could eat there. 
but I will give uh, explanation as to what and how a little bit later. Okay, into the more specifics. So I want to focus on the third category, the fourth category here, of what's defined as kitniot, and, and, and not a category, but an issue. What if I have a, uh, a, a, a seed that's not even edible? Oh, I'm sorry. Before I say that, there are those that are, are not as makers or Moshe Feinstein, and follow Mordechai Adam's direction, that anything that falls in the description of the smack, you have to be machmir for. So according to them, anything that's midgun, anything that can be stored as grain, is kidney Stay away from it. Potatoes, no? Potatoes can't be stored as grain. No, no, it's bread. Then. No, no, I don't know if anybody... Oh, actually, I'm sorry, I do have... I know a person that doesn't eat potatoes and potatoes. Yes. yes. Yeah, I, I know a, a Lubavitcher from Baghdad. Honest, honest to goodness. Lubavitcher from Baghdad that won't eat, won't eat any nuts or any potatoes or any of the other things that every... Nothing. Matzah. A lot of matzah. Matzah and lettuce. Um, anyways... Anyways, so there are, not only are there, but the Eidach Reidit, the Eidach Reidit in Yushalayim, will not eat any, um, anything that are seeds. Anything that are seeds. It has to grow on a tree. It has to be what we call a tree nut, in order for the Eidach Reidit to eat it, even though, technically, you know, there might be some tree nuts that could also be midgun, but not, not necessarily in this way. The Eidach Reidit is just Reidit? Eidach Reidit. Is it like in, in, right? It's eight the phrase of your slime. It's a whole community. It's also hashkafa. <clears throat> the hashkafa will not use anything, anything of that sort. Okay. So they will eat trees. So a nafkamina would be, as an example, they won't use cottonseed oil. Cottonseed oil. Okay. You take the seed from the cotton. The fluffy ball of cotton in there with the little seeds. Isn't that, that was not found in America. Okay, and what? Wherever it's going, who cares? Okay, we all learned about the cotton gin and how to get out the seeds and all that stuff, right? Eli, yes. Um, but the point is that they, we know that you can make oil out of uh, cotton seed, cotton seed oil, it's edible. The Eide will not give a hashkoch on anything that has cotton seed oil in it, even though the frumus of the frum in America do consume cotton seed oil. Uh, as far as I know, as far as I know, and, and, and I carried over this minute to, to Israel, I was very, very mad, but always to eat cottonseed oil, not to allow my list of kidney oat to rise, you know, the, uh, for Pesach. The market, it shouldn't, it shouldn't go on the rise. But now, let me ask you another question. Cotton seeds are edible, they're not yummy, but they're edible. What if you had something that wasn't even edible? It wasn't even edible. <laughs> like a rape seed. Rapeseed. Canola. Canola. It's the same thing. Canola equals rapeseed. They, they decided to change it. You know why they changed it to canola? It comes from, yes, it comes from Canadian Oil Company. Canadian Oil Company. Canola. And it's obvious that rapeseed is not a great, you know, brand. It's not a, not a good brand name if you want to sell something. But... That's really the name, the, the, the botanical name is, is rapeseed. Now, rapeseed oil was around for a long time, but, but they used it for mechanical engine oil because it wasn't edible. It had a, it had a, a, a certain acid in it 
that made it inedible for human beings. And some 60 years ago, they, they discovered a process to isolate that particular um, acid, to take it out, and they were able to then make, make rapeseed oil edible. And thus, and they called it canola oil, so that people would buy it. And later on, years later, it was discovered that it's even healthier than, than, than you know, corn oil or something like that. It's good for your heart, good for your cholesterol. And so Shaila is, oh, what about rapeseed? Okay, in, in Hebrew, it, the oil is called canola, but there are other products uh, that also come from it, liftit. You might find printed across a, a chocolate bar or, or with a label. Sometimes it's written in, 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 um, in um, no, in laser print, like with the same type of print that they'll print the date. They write, they write on it, Michil Liftit, or La Liftit. Now, Ochle Liftit means lifted eaters. I happen to be in the club of lifted eaters. I am one of the Ochle Liftit. Because Liftit comes from the rapeseed, rape and it's actually lecithin that comes from rapeseed. Most lecithin that's used um, commercially actually comes from soybeans, but the Ashkenazim already cursed soybeans, so some people won't eat, you know, they won't eat regular lecithin, while others, you know, say, well, soybeans in itself really shouldn't be cooked. In the first place, um, and I'll get to, you know, uh, um, another swara to be made, but nonetheless, liftitis comes from, from canola, from rapeseed, and another reason to make it mutter is because there clearly can't be any type of any issue on it. Because it wasn't, it, it wasn't edible until 60 years ago. So it's a very, very good argument to allow the use of canola oil. Um, I heard that Rav Rimon, I heard, it's just, it, it's hearsay, tells people not to eat, not to use um, canola oil on, on Pesach. Um, I don't understand the, the logic to it. Maybe he feels that it's become an Ashkenazi minute not to have canola oil. I personally, I religiously use canola oil on Pesach. Because I really, really believe that when it comes to um, kidney oat, which is a minhag, a very important minhag, I don't think we should be looking to be machmir and to expand the list. But at the same time, chas v'shalom to just, you know, just ignore the minhag Yisrael. Minhag Yisrael is one of the most important things. I've, I've said it many, many times. I'll say it again and again. It's actually a minhag one to say that Minhage Yisrael is what the, keeps the fiddler on the roof and kind of keeps people stable in, in when it comes to, to things that they do. It's very important not, you know, to teach yourself and to teach your children to give a lot of respect to Minhage Yisrael. And don't look for things like, in my opinion, you know, if, if, if a boy marries a Sephardi, oh, there's a great excuse to drop, you know, to, now I can eat Oris, you know, in Pesach, great. You know, knock yourself wild. Eating, eating rice and Pesach. I don't think that, that you should be doing that, personally. And uh, I heard someone say to me, oh, I eat, I eat kidney because I was matin neder. That also sounds like we're, we're off the wall, to be matin neder and then go ahead and just, and just put, turn, turn you back to a minog. No, that they felt that, that if, if I go and be a matin neder, I, I can go against any minog in the world. But other than neder, that's, that's bounding me to, binding me to the minog you know, Ashkenaz. Okay, um, I don't think that you should be looking for kulot. 
I don't think you should be shopping for kula. I don't, I don't think you should be denigrating minhagim. But at the same time, I think you have to have it in proportion. It's not a takana derabanan. It's not a, a, a klilanai deraita. Not a, not a takana derabanan. It's a minig Yisrael that you should be very machbit to, to follow. Um, but not to expand the list. So therefore, I think it's a big mitzvah to use canola oil and to use uh, quinoa and, 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 and these various things. Um, nonetheless, I mentioned before that, that there are quite a few poskim that didn't, wouldn't use shemen kutana, um, cotton, cotton seed oil. All right. The Avnei Nezer, you might have heard the Shud Avnei Nezer felt that you, sh- that you shouldn't eat, use canola. Okay, and, and the, his reasoning, more or less, if you look carefully into the tshuva, it's mashma that he went, went more to the direction of the Chai Adam's idea of anything that's midgun, as opposed to Ramosha Feinstein's direction. Okay. He did go into a very, very interesting cooler direction of saying that if you take the seeds and boil it first, and then after you boil it or, or roast it, and afterward extract the oil, then there's more room to be made when it comes to cottonseed oil. Now, why? What's the swara? The swara is mi'ikra din. Mi'ikra din. If I took um, grain, uh, grains of, uh, of wheat, dry grains of wheat, Okay, that showed no signs of chimut. And I boil water, and I throw them into boiling water. That's called chalita, to, to scald it. Once I scald it, what happens is that it could no longer become chametz. Even if I bake it first, if I bake it to a hot enough heat, it can no longer become chametz. Why is that? Because the gluten solidifies, or I don't know, crystallizes, whatever it is, because of the heat and then will not act as glue afterwards. And if you grind it into a flour, that flour cannot be made into... It can't become chametz anymore. Just like if you take the dough and you bake it in the oven, once it comes baked, it can no longer become chametz. We all know that matzah meal mixed with water is not chametz. It's gebrochs, right? And that's a different to- topic we can talk about separately. But it can't become chametz. No one holds it can become chametz. Because once it's baked... It can't become chametz. So his idea was, well, if the process of these these seeds is first to introduce it to high heat, okay, before it re- reaches water, before it reaches water, or boiling water, right, then it should be muta and be makeup. And a lot of these oils, I think that that's the process in any case. And that was like another reason to even carry it over to something like soybean oil. And to say, number one, there's a good time to say soybeans are not kidney at all. And even if they kidney out, you know, the process, I think, I don't know, this is a question of Metzius. The process is to, to heat it first, and then therefore, in the process, it doesn't really reach water, and it can't become chametz. And then there's a, a third issue, and that is mechametz. Mechametz means, or mechitniot, is another reason to be mechil. Um... And that is to say that the minog is not to eat the beans, not to eat the rice. But if I eat the extract of those things, that's not, the minog wasn't to stay away from the extract. <coughs> you got that? This is uh, the Marcheshet was, was a big champion of that svara, and he said, that's make kidney out. So 
Those are like three different reasons to be making on something like soybean oil. Maybe it's not kidney oil at all. Even if it's kidney oil, it was boiled first or, or baked first or something. And then lastly, it's make kidney oil. It's not kidney oil themselves. Um, that's soybean oil. Rav Aaron Lichtenstein, Shlita, I'm asking for guys that are in the army, in the, in, in the Israeli army, I don't know how it is today, but for decades, they used soybean oil that was kosher le Pesach, and they were kind of like makel, even for Ashkenazim, so to speak. They only, they use soybean oil. And most Ashkenazim don't use soybean oil in their own house. And they asked for looking, seeing, you know, in the army, the only way to eat cooked food is if you're ready to eat, eat soybean oil. What, you know, what's the deal? So Rav, 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 Rav Luchensin said that because of the three reasons we just gave, plus a fourth reason, is, is what I'm going to be discussing next week, is when it comes to kidney oil, but tarovet. If it's a mixture of t- kidney oil, when would it be mutter to eat? And therefore he says it's okay. My brother um, was once invited uh, to a hotel with his family. His wife had just given birth. And he asked Rav Luchensin, at this hotel, he used soybean oil. And his meaning is not to use soybean oil, but, you know, he feels bad. His wife is not capable of, of making, she mamish gave birth to Erev Pesach, she's not capable of making Pesach. For, for, the, for that purpose, could, could they go to the hotel? And Rufmanzin said yes. Under that circumstance, the family can go to the hotel, uh, even though they're using soybean oil. So we'll have to stop here.